0: Between Two Friends with Brett Trumbly is a podcast for entrepreneurs about current issues, topics, advice pertaining to their industry, and more times than not, life in general.
1: In this episode, our guest is Kara Brown. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Between Two Friends, and today I have a former comedian and all-around awesome person, Kara Brown. Tell us more about you know you and what you do.
0: Brett, thanks for having me. Um, I love that you like dropped the former comedian. It was one summer, but it has been very helpful in my life. To be honest, I probably should like use that more often. To be honest, although it wasn't like a professional stint or anything, but yeah, super fun. I did some stand up in college. Uh, I did some improv in college, but never really took it to the to the big screen, if you will. I'm don't have the balls for that. So now I just tell jokes uh, to people that I want to buy things from me which seems to work actually (laughs) most of the time I've got some great stories and I feel like if you can get someone to laugh then you can get someone to like you and they'll buy from you which has sort of worked for me
1: For for sure um in in uh influence Robert Cialdini makes a point where some guy like makes a joke on the street and he gets a kiss on the cheek from a girl and then he gets her to order magazines and it's like the girl's like, why would I do that? It's because like you said, the laughter broke down a barrier. It's like, you already feel comfortable with that person. So then now you're okay to buy it. So I totally get that.
0: I I think laughter is one of the least used tools that women have in their arsenal. I think being a funny woman is hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to not come across as crass or, you know, um, and I was saying uncouth things, but I have a great story about stripper names. So if I'm losing my audience, which happens a lot over Zoom, I will stop mid-call and I'll say, Brett, can I tell you a story about stripper names? And they always say yes, of course, right? And if I can get this story out and I can get them to understand what's happening, I got like a 78 to 85% close rate if I tell this story. And so if you can have like two, I feel like if you can have two or three of these fun stories sort of in your arsenal and if they can have sort of like a feel good feeling or like a, you know, like a laugh line at the end, you just, people like to work people that are fun and interesting. Right.
1: Well, first of all, everyone needs like two good toasts in their arsenal Yes. and about five good jokes. Yeah. So, but I would be the worst wannabe podcast host ever if I didn't say, we got to hear the stripper story because
0: <laughs> everybody wants to know. Yeah, yeah happy to. So it's uh, 2013, and I'm a shiny new consultant, right? Sales and marketing consultant. And we're using a new tool called outreach.io. Now, this is now they're a bazillion dollar company out of Silicon Valley, but this is early on. And I've got 25 sales reps on the floor, sort of banging out cold calls all day. And I've got eight reps on a desk in front of me. And they are uh, basically using whatever crazy marketing stuff that I come up with to like test stuff, right? And so uh, we start using the tool. I can send email, 800 emails a night on their behalf. And Shannon, the only one on this team, is getting higher opens and replies than the dudes. So she's at like a 36% marketing qualifier. They're at like a 28 So it's just, it's annoying me because Shannon doesn't do anything different, right? She's just sitting on the, on the phone, being a girl. So we turn all the boys into girls. So Joe becomes Rachel, Bob becomes Sheila, and we crush it. Like, we're doing great. Uh Everyone's really happy. We're crushing the quarter. MQ Wells go up. But I think we can do just a little bit better, right? And so we're emailing, essentially, truckers, And my girlfriend says to me, girl, turn them into strippers. So we did. So we had Bambi and Candy and Angel. (laughs) We ended up, with this incredible, you know, 50% uh, return rate on this sort of the sort of you know test we did, and we crushed it. So the reason I tell this story, right, is one, it shows you that I'm sort of scrappy and I'll try new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Number I two, I have math, right? I knew the MQL rates along the way, and three, I'm not scared of sort of getting in there and using, you know, pretty blonde girl sell stuff. Doesn't bother me as a woman to get in there and like use what we've what we've got and it's helped us so much
1: so first of all not a lot of men can say that or do that right
0: also yes this is why it's so great being a woman uh, exactly
1: exactly second of all it's like when you when you get a friend request from an obvious fake profile on facebook (laughs) and but but then you see you've got like x amount of friends in common i Mm. always click on friends in common just to see which dudes thought that there was some random just total (laughs) <laughs> you know, good-looking girl is the nice way I could put it, um, who just, like, came across their profiles, like, oh, who's this stud that I want a friend on Facebook, right? I, and I and I laugh every time, because it, it never fails, so... Anyway. Uh,
0: I can't imagine being a pretty blonde girl on Facebook or LinkedIn, because I think you would just get blown up, like, all the time. Like, <laughs> I'm not a pretty blonde girl, I'm a middle-aged brunette lady, and, like, I get hit up on LinkedIn all the time. I cannot imagine if you were, like, a young pretty girl. You would just be... It would, like, it would just be overwhelming. You couldn't break, you couldn't get through the clutter.
1: Okay. So, regardless of everything you just said, you still, and you, you said earlier you're married, and you have a funny story about that too. You still get quote unquote hit up on LinkedIn.
0: You would be shocked.
1: Oh, my God. By
0: the number of creeps that are out there just hitting up ladies on LinkedIn. You, Brett, you seem like a nice guy. Like, maybe you're not creepy. Who knows? Like, time will tell. But there are some super creepy dudes out there that will use like any tool at their disposal to get in front of a pretty girl. It's weird. I, I think
1: creepiness is a spectrum, right? Like it's not. Just...
0: <laughs> You're like, I'm only 10% creepy. It's I not, promise. Yeah.
1: It's, not, it's not just <laughs> black and white. It's not yes or no. We've got, we've, we've got the spectrum. <laughs> you, you <never> yeah,
0: <laughs> sure. We could talk about where you fall on that later. <laughs> no, no, later. later. That's
1: next, next episode. Um, um, all right. We are just having a great time here talking, yeah. To you, God knows what, but um, tell us about you know some of the, the business stuff because so, oh, boring, we, so we hope that entrepreneurs see this show. And you're you are so far you've told us you're not afraid to be bold, right? Yeah, and quote unquote, you had the balls to do stuff. <laughs> so, but but seriously, um, tell us about being fearless and maybe connect that to the women and what you're doing in your current role.
0: Uh, I do think it's super important that women join the entrepreneurial world and that they take um, a real concerted effort to actually make real money. So one of the big things we talk about, um, both in my business as a female owner, um, as well as in Close Her or Launchpad 2X or the Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative or the Entrepreneur Organization, all the organizations that I'm a part of as a female leader is that less than 2% of female founders will ever break a million dollars in revenue. Wow. It is, a, it's 1.7%. This is an American Express number. It's not my number, but women start businesses more often than men. Mm-hmm. So we over-index on starting businesses, but we way under-index on actually getting to a million dollars. And you and I both know that a million dollars is barely the starting line, right?
1: It just sounds nice.
0: I had to have this conversation with my team when we did it. So we hit a million bucks in about 10 months. And I said, listen, guys, like this does not mean that Kara has a million dollars in her bank account. Right. This just means that I've spent $999,000 on yeah. you guys. Right. <laughs> right? Like right. You,
1: just, you just spent your way to get there. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of my goals, like personal goal in my life sort of long term is to help more women break through to the 2% Club and then beyond. The women that break $10 million or $50 or or $100 million in their business by themselves, this is the caveat, by themselves with no partners, with no investment, right? So these are bootstrapped women mm-hmm. are literally around a year. So I walked into the women's entrepreneurship initiative, which is the only city uh, city incubator in the country for women. It's here in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And I got to be a member, super fun. I was the second cohort. Loved every minute of it. And they gave us one sort of request at the beginning of the incubator so i walk in this room and there's 10 of like atlanta's best and brightest in business around this u-shaped table and i'm like the last one to go in and i I go in and they say kara what what's your one request for us right you can ask for office space you can ask for i don't know an introduction to home depot you can ask for like one thing and i said sure i need an introduction to one woman in the city that has taken a service-based business to more than $10 million all by herself, right? No partners, no rich uncles, no buddies, right? No, nothing. Just all by herself. I need that woman. Who is that woman that I can go hang out with and like share stories? And Sarah Blakely's of the world are amazing, right? But she's a product business. She's an inventor, which is very different than my service-based business. So who do we know in the city that I can go and just like, you know, become her shadow and learn from her? And they literally told me, She does not exist. Wow. And I was like, all right, challenge accepted. (laughs) Like, let's go, right? And so I think that's the biggest challenge because if I were to ask you for one or more middle-aged white guys that had gone from zero to 10 million in a business or services business, you could give me, you know, literally dozens, but it's different. It's just different for women. And so not having those role models really, like, prevalent in the space is something I'm super passionate about.
1: Yeah. So is, is this a, a part-time thing for you or an all-the-time thing for you? Because this sounds like, you, like what you were made for.
0: Well, I appreciate that very much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that, what I'm made for. Uh, no, I have to do it first. <laughs> <laughs> so first I have to go do it in the business. So wow. we do business-to-business, lead-gen only, hyper-focused on supply chain, heavy industrial, and technology, which okay. is sort of boring. But I had the very fortunate um, career experience to be a part of an IPO team for a giant freight brokerage early on in my career. Got to do a lot of really cool stuff in the supply chain, so I know a lot about this space. So we're growing really fast. We grew sixty percent in the pandemic. We're actually the ninetieth fastest growing company in Georgia. Hair flip, um, and I think it's really important that the business get to the ten or twenty million dollar mark before I start like imparting my wisdom upon these poor women who. Haven't made a million dollars yet. Yeah. So the business is definitely where I spend my time. But if you ask me, what do you want to be doing in 15 years? This is all I want to do every day, all day is give these women the confidence to take their businesses to actual empires.
1: Everybody wants to be a difference maker, right? And start a renaissance. But what you just said, like I'm in a group of uh, entrepreneurial attorneys, and there's a fair share of women solo owned who have crossed the million dollar mark. Sure. It's becoming less of a of a big deal in that group because as the years go by, the people who are newer do it faster than the people who, who are before, That's for example. That's so great. But I didn't know outside of that little bubble, if you will, because I'm an EO and there's a lot of kick ass, badass girls in there that yeah. that those were the statistics. So that is is pretty mind blowing uh, just to hear that that. You know, I, I didn't know that. That's wild.
0: So if 1.7% of all women are going to make a million dollars in revenue, the rounding error that is women of color is, is, is atrocious. So I had this conversation just yesterday with someone where they said, how do you spend your time? And I said, when someone sends the, um, the can I pick your brain email? Like, I just hate that email. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. But um, if it's a woman of color starting a business, I'll drop what I'm doing. And like, yes, you can have an hour, right? Then a woman... Like me, right? Yes, I'll drop what I'm doing. You can have ten minutes or an hour. <laughs> White kid out of college, sorry, dude. Like you got to pay some cash. <laughs> like you're gonna, <laughs> I'll drop what I'm doing, but you're gonna pay me some money for that time because you already have a leg up. You don't, you know, yeah. You can walk into rooms that we can't walk into, et cetera. So yeah, I appreciate that very much. That's, I um, I'm looking forward to those days when I get to spend my time doing that.
1: Part of my theory on why more people don't get to the million dollar market and keep going is because. In all of our lives, we can spend our time on ten dollar tasks, hundred dollar task, tasks, thousand dollar tasks, and ten thousand dollar tasks, right?
0: Brent, I say that all the time. That's my thing.
1: Yeah, so i Yes, we're, we're we're connecting here. So listen. Yes. Like everyone spends their time on all the the BS because yes. then it's like I got to clear my everything of the clutter. Yeah. And then, then I'll have time to get to the higher level tasks. Well, yeah. you just never have time. Do you think that, and I have not thought about this or studied this because my yeah. theory is women are better at networking, which I thought about because they listen more and they care more, but maybe you get to a certain point and they're, they give away their time too willingly to either, you know, energy monsters or just things that are getting in the way of just hyper-focus on the higher-level task. I don't know.
0: Oh, my gosh. You are speaking my language. Yes. So I'll give you a very specific example from my life, right? I have two children. I'm a mom of two girls. They're seven and eight. I have a woman who lives in my house who basically is my wife, right? She does drop-off. She's an au pair. She does drop-off, pick-up, laundry, makes lunches, goes to the grocery store, does the dry-cleaning. Like, she does all the stuff for the children that if she didn't do it would be my responsibility. She now gets to choose when they go to swim team. Are they going to go at four o'clock or they don't, I don't care. Like I could care less. I'm not taking a swim team. (laughs) And I think women, and this is super generalization, but in general women uh, are, are sort of conditioned to like, this is all my job right? I am responsible for making sure that their uniforms are clean. I am responsible for making sure that they, you know, brush their teeth in the morning. But at the end of the day, those are $10 tasks. Those are tasks that if I free myself up, so just this morning is a great example. My husband and I went to the gym together, which we have two small kids, so who can do that? We have an au pair. We got home, the children were ready for school, lunches were made, hair was teeth, brush was or whatever it is, hair was washed, teeth were <laughs> <from a> brushed. <laughs> and um, Eric and I, my husband and I sat down for a five minute coffee conversation as the au pair and the children were leaving the house. That was a $10,000 moment for me.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: And if, exactly. if we were running around and shuffling the kids all over the place and yelling at each other because you didn't do cleanup, I just, I had, we had those days. We had those days up until we had an au pair in 2007. Yeah. And, those were awful times. And so I think from a, from a female perspective, we have a tendency, as, especially as moms, to think we own all the details and mm-hmm. to think that every detail of these children's lives I have to be a part of. I think this whole idea that we are wrapped up in our children's lives and we're wrapped up in the details and we have to take care of everything ourselves, if, the, if, the, if more women could get on the I-don't-have-to-do-10-dollar-tasks sort of bandwagon they yeah. can be a lot more successful.
1: I love that example. Just the name au pair. It's cool. <laughs> I, mean,
0: <laughs> I, have an, I, have, I have an au pair. Right, it
1: just sounds cool. Second of all, someone can have a seven figure business finding au pairs for people. And I've said oh, that yeah. recently to a few people. I know someone that does that, but not full time. And she should third, my opinion, because we have three kids, me and my wife. And I think that, um, that's I guess that's like my credibility to opine now on, on <laughs> the, but anyway, um, is that is that mom guilt is real and so if, real. You, if you're not combing the hair and you're not driving and you're not doing all those things you feel bad and you feel like an inferior mom we and have you got mean, to get over that. and you feel like the moms that you see on Instagram that do all those things and the house is clean and they have time to drink wine and make dinner and all that and the thing it's is some people would say well, that's a bad example for your kids and not even have a pair. That's guilt. I, I would say the fact that y- your, your attitude about it, as a matter of fact, you are not your kids. Their life is not yours. You're actually setting a good example for them to okay. realize that, that mom and dad can have a life. We can have our, you know, we're a family, but I aspire to be there someday and I don't have to be miserable and overwhelmed and underslept all the time and that's how I feel like I'm I'm being accomplished. Does that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and I think I have two little girls, right? So my girls are growing up with mommy's a boss. Yeah. Right? Mommy is a boss. We have staff in our house. I have staff at work. And I didn't grow up like this, right? Like I grew right. up very, very open in middle class. And you know, we have people to do things for us. The hard part for me. Is keeping them grounded. Sure. Right. How do I keep um, these two little girls grounded so they know that mommy has all this because mommy works her ass off? Right. Not because we were handed anything. Right. right. And so that's the biggest challenge, I think.
1: Well, um, yeah. And like I, I have to remind our five year old, hey, hey, that's not your housekeeper. You don't get to call right? her to clean up, <laughs> clean up your messes. So, yes, yes. That, that's the part of skinny balance. So, you know, you've already said some really awesome things that I hope. People, especially women, take away from this. But um, you know, final final thoughts. What does the world look like for women entrepreneurs in five to ten years?
0: Oh gosh, I really hope that we are doing it ourselves. I hope that we can. I hope that women can help women. I think that's the most important thing. So we have an almost all female team. I think we have four or five now. And um, I think women using other women. So find if you're going to hire a vendor, find a woman. Right, my CPA is a woman. My website designer as a woman and i think if we if we continue to empower each other and pay each other real money real money it's not a barter it's not a you know i'll do this for you if you do this for me like there's cash involved and continue to raise the bar for each other and then we'll raise the bar for those behind us
1: yeah there it is i love it <laughs> i mean th- thank you so much for joining us this today. was
0: fun Good thanks out. for having it was,
1: me it was super fun i hope that that people got something out of this and I would love to stay in touch and keep kicking butt, Kara. Really just thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.